Please bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day to honor you by singing our praises to you and by opening your word and diving into it and studying it together. I pray, Lord, to give us ears to hear and hearts to receive the message that you've given us this morning. I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you turn with me now inside your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, we're going to be reading verses 19 through 21. So we're still in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6 is where we are turning inside of our Bibles. And we're going to be reading verses 19 through 21. So Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 21. It reads, do not store for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So today, we're going to be talking about storing up treasures in heaven. In this portion of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said that we should not store up for ourselves treasures on earth, but instead we should be investing in heavenly riches. Now, it's a wonderful cliche, store up riches in heaven. But what does it mean? And how do we do it? To tell you what it means is quite simple. It means investing in God's kingdom. And this requires that we prioritize God's commands and live his way despite the reality that doing so might hinder some of our earthly ambitions. For instance, there was a day and age when all the businesses were closed on Sundays here in America. And this was to accommodate churchgoers. So you didn't have to worry about missing church because of your job. It was guaranteed that your place of employment was closed. Then one day, somebody had the brilliant idea that they should be open on Sundays. After all, there's money to be made. And what fool wouldn't open their doors for the sake of making money and to do business on days that their competition weren't even functioning. It basically says that you get all of the business on that day, and that was the Lord's day. And all of a sudden, it becomes difficult to find a major business that isn't open on Sunday. And so we must commend places like Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A for keeping their doors closed and honoring the Lord's day on Sunday by giving their workers a day off. And yes, this is not the end-all, be-all of Christian morality, nor does it define your heavenly inheritance, but it does show us somebody's values. Did Jesus not ask, what does it profit a man if he gains the world but forfeits his soul? What does it mean to store up treasures in heaven? It means investing in God's kingdom, right? That's what we just said. But how do we store up treasures in heaven? 
What a wonderful thing about going through this series in Matthew and going through this series on the Sermon on the Mount is that we already have a variety of ways of knowing how to do that. In fact, in preceding chapters and my preceding messages, we are given a whole bunch of ways as to how we can store up treasure in heaven. Jesus told us that those who are poor in spirit, those who mourn, those who are meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful and the pure in heart, the peacemakers and the persecuted are blessed. He said that those who follow him are like salt and light. He told us not to think of him as being someone who came to abolish the law of Moses. Uh, rather, he told us to think of him as the person who would fulfill the law of Moses. And those who would practice and teach the law would be called great in the kingdom of heaven, and those who would neglect God's law would be called the least. He then went on to detail how we are not only to love our neighbors, but we are also to love and pray for our enemies. And this was totally different from what they were used to. In fact, he goes on to say that even pagans say hello to those that they know that they already love, but it takes something special for you to greet and to pray for and to love somebody that is against you. In fact, he says that we gain something when we do that. We gain nothing when we just simply love those who love us back. He said, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. So these are all very powerful elements of Christian character that we are called to exemplify. Then Jesus went on to tell us of the aspects of Christian discipline that we need to practice. So to sum it up, the practice of these disciplines, Jesus taught authentic worship of God. He said, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Now, do you understand what he's saying by this? He was saying, if you're going to give, if you're going to pray, if you're going to fast, clearly you are seeking approval from your Father in heaven. You are seeking heavenly treasures, heavenly rewards. But if you merely practice these disciplines to be seen by everyone and to be praised by everyone, guess what? You've already received your reward on earth and you should expect no heavenly treasures. Now, I might sound kind of harsh right there, but isn't it kind of cool? Jesus was teaching us how to have treasure in heaven. Before he came in the flesh, there was no way to really know how to do this. I mean, there, there was in the, in the Old Testament law and following the ways of God, but the teachers of the law had so corrupted the teaching of God's word that the path was lost. It had become dirty, covered in dirt, and no one knew how to walk the path of God anymore. And we were given some disciplines, three disciplines by Jesus to help us cultivate our relationship with God. And again, those disciplines are giving, prayer, and fasting. 
Do these the way that Jesus commanded, and you'll be storing up for yourself treasures in heaven. And what did Jesus say about treasure? Do not store up for yourselves treasures here on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. As I thought about this week's message, I couldn't help but to reflect upon the reality that I've been handling an awful lot of jewelry lately. Weekly, I handle tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of jewelry. And what treasures these are. They're remarkable. They're gold, they're silver, diamonds, and various other kinds of jewelry that are valuable in the monetary sense. Now, when I was a kid and we received gifts, don't worry, this all relates, by the way, this all relates to what I was just saying. But when I was a kid and we received gifts, we received gifts. Let me say that again, because it might not have made a, sense, a whole lot of sense to you right there, but when I was a kid and we received gifts, we received gifts. What do I mean? And don't take this the wrong way. But there is none of this returning your gift to the store stuff that is so common and I would almost venture to say more common than this truly receiving a gift. It happens today. When we got a gift, we kept it. We cherished it. We treasured it. I remember one Christmas that we received a video game from a family member that we already owned. We kept it. <laughs> we kept it. Why? Because the gift wasn't about the gift. It was about the relationship with this person. It was about the effort and the thought behind this family member knowing us well enough to know how to pick just the right gift for us. So in keeping this gift, what we were really doing was not valuing the gift, valuing the relationship, valuing our loved one. And as I would see this jewelry pass to my hand, yes, I'm back to the jewelry again. I can't help but to think that much of this jewelry was received and then returned. And I mean some really cool and valuable jewelry. Gold chains, earrings, diamond rings, bracelets. They're all expensive, all gifted, received and rejected. Isn't that fascinating? These gifts, these treasures, 
given by loved ones are taken back to the store and exchanged for money. And I'm not even casting judgment on anyone that does that. You're allowed to do it. It is legal to do this. And I, I don't think there's anything morally reprehensible about doing this. So I'm not going to judge you. I'm not even come close to judging you if you're somebody that does this. But it does serve as a great illustration of what really matters to us. When we cast aside our values, our ethics, and our relationships with God and with others, we fail to store up treasures in heaven. Prior to the Sermon on the Mount, it was thought that wealth was a sign of God's approval. You might say that many of those in the ancient Jewish religion had a theology that's not too unlike what we call the prosperity gospel of today, which essentially says that if you do everything God's way, you'll be rich and you'll have everything that your heart desires. And it's easy to fall into this trap of believing the prosperity gospel, of believing this line of thinking. For one, the Old Testament law is full of promises of how God would bless the land and the families of Israel if they would obey his commands, right? It's full of commands like that, so this isn't like a totally, totally foreign concept. Also, let's admit it. Let's just admit it. People who store up treasures on earth are cool. People that store up treasures on earth, they are cool. They're appealing to us. We like them. That's why we have celebrities. That's why we decorate our athletes. That's why we make such a big deal out of politicians. These people are cool. They look fun. They look happy. They have influence. Who would not want to be one of these people? And when they tell you that they are rich because of their obedience to God, well, that, I'm going to tell you, take with a grain of salt. Take that with a grain of salt. God can and does bless people with riches, but does he command all of us to chase after riches? Not by a long shot. Not by a long shot. In fact, I love the words of Agur of Jacob in Proverbs 30, 7 through 9. So check Proverbs 30, verses 7 through 9. Agur wrote, Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Wise words. Powerful words. Agur's focus was on storing up heavenly riches. However, God chose to bless him in his life. He was content with that. He recognized that there is great danger in becoming either too wealthy or too poor. Thus, he prayed only for his daily bread. Let's wrap this up. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We have another saying similar to it. It's, home is where your heart is. Where does your heart reside? 
today? Is it chasing after bigger homes, faster cars, fancy clothes, more and more money? Those aren't bad things to have, but you can't take them to heaven with you. Is your heart focused on God and his kingdom and his righteousness? If so, you have some good news and future messages because Jesus tells us that he will take care of all of the necessities from there. It must first start with Jesus. If you leave Jesus out of the equation, then you lost the treasure. Jesus is the gift. Jesus is the treasure from God. And without him, you have no heavenly treasure whatsoever. All things have been given to him. You'll be lost without him. Place your trust in him today, and you'll have treasure when you make it to heaven. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. You've shown us the way of how to store up heavenly riches. Thank you, Lord, for warning us of the dangers and deceptions of the riches of this earth, Lord. Though they may provide temporary security, they can be lost as quickly as what they're earned, even more quickly than what they are earned. And Father God, we remember that ultimately, the true treasure that is from heaven that we are to pursue at all costs is your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. So just rain down your grace upon us through his love, through his mercy, through your Holy Spirit. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen.